As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Built to Last show. I am really thrilled for today's conversation with the one and only Carrie Flynn, because we both share a very common background, and that is being teachers and working in the uh, education sector of the world and both became entrepreneurs. So Carrie, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you, and I'm sure... Who knows where this conversation will will go? You have like two teachers on the line here. Uh, (laughs) We're like an interesting breed. So if you will, how about let's start with this. Start with, tell us about your business, who you work with and what you do and how you even got started in that. And then we'll dive into uh, what it was like in those early years when you started building a business while you were working full time. But we'll save that for, we'll save that for a few minutes. Yeah. So I'm Carrie. I own a company called Virtual Simplicity. And I started my business, I think in like April of 2017. It's been almost now I'm like hitting almost a five-year mark at this point. And I actually started it as a virtual assistant. So I started as a VA. I don't do that anymore. But the whole point of me starting it is really just to bring in income into our family. I was teaching... My daughter was at the time, my oldest was like eight and my youngest was barely six months old. And I was just at the point where I was like, you know, I would love to have just a little more wiggle room in our budget. Cause at the time there wasn't really anywhere else I could go in terms of like growing myself as an educator. It was either become a principal or admin, go that route or do take on a second job or something. And I was like, well, I I can't do that. I don't want to go outside my home. So I started kind of figuring out what my options were um, online. And I'm pretty tech savvy. I'm very organized. And my mom was a real estate agent. So I grew up around someone who managed their own business. So I knew there was a lot of possibilities there. So that's how it started. And as the time went on, I grew from a VA to becoming what's known as an OBM or an online business manager. And when I was working with those clients, all of them launched programs on a regular basis and all of them used a tool called Kajabi. And that was just by like happenstance. I didn't plan it that way. And so I got really well educated and trained in launching, managing launches, like the strategy, how to do that with launching. And I learned a ton about Kajabi and that's how I ended up where I am now. So now we offer totally done for you, done with you support around launching clients, launching programs and helping them um, use uh, set up and design Kajabi platforms if they want to use that for their launch. So that's how I ended up where I am now <laughs> uh, kind of on the job training throughout those years. Exactly. i I think that's the best kind. Um, yeah, you know, the whole thing about teaching, I so resonate with what you're saying around 
kind of like barely had like having enough, having enough to like pay the mortgage, pay the bills, maybe go on a vacation. I remember when I was a teacher, my mom was also an educator for 34 years. She was a teacher and she was a elementary school principal. And my mom never worked in the summertime. She always took that off. When I was a teacher, I still had jobs in the summer. And I think that's something that people don't always realize is going on in the life of a teacher. There mm-hmm. are some teachers, I know our daughter, uh, she's got some teachers who are waitresses at night mm-hmm. and on the weekends yes. and they are moms, they are wives and they are teaching and they are working extra jobs to Correct. make ends meet. Um, yes. Many so- people I taught with were in that same boat and are still in that same boat. And I think that's, that could be another topic for another day, but it's definitely changed over the years. I think from when our mothers were working yeah. until now. It's yeah. nearly impossible to be single or even married and sustain yourself comfortably. Yes. The one income from teaching. Yes. <laughs> I started, I started teaching when I was single in my early twenties and my parents still gave me money every mm-hmm. single month. They gave me a certain amount of money every month that. and I used it to pay for rent and my car bill. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I couldn't twenty five thousand dollars my first year of teaching. It was very. Yeah. It was not a lot. <laughs> it was very little. Yeah, yeah. I think mine was twenty seven five in the very beginning. Crazy, yeah. crazy. That's wild. I know. I know. So I would love for you to share. This is probably going to go in some interesting directions. So what I do know about you is you you start obviously you said it here too. Like you started your business while you were still in the classroom. If you've I've been in a classroom. If you've never been in a classroom, I don't, I don't know how some teachers can get there five minutes before the bell rings to start the day and then literally walk out the door when their students leave. I don't know how you ran your classroom, but I worked 60 to 80 hours a week when I was a teacher and I did everything. And I was the first one there, the last one to leave. And the janitors would kick me out of the school building so they could actually lock it up. You started your business as a teacher, and you actually got to six figures in your business while you were teaching. And oh, by the way, you've got tiny children at home. Can you walk us through the mindset behind that? And then how did you even structure your time and your bandwidth and your energy so that you are not a crazy woman by the end of the week? Well, I'll start with mindset. So I will say this, it's important to be totally forthright. I was teaching elementary school. And I think when I started, actually, yeah, I was teaching elementary school and I think I was teaching fifth grade at the time and not long, maybe a year after I started my business or so I started teaching gifted. So it was a little different job. There's, it's just people are probably like, what's the difference? There is a difference in terms of what that looks like and your time structure and what is involved. There's still a lot of work involved, but it's not it's just different than being in the regular ed classroom. So I will say that that being said, I had still had 75, hundred students and all of this, it still was going on. It was just, I was blessed enough to have a schedule at school, especially the last three years, you know, the first year and a half, I was still teaching regular ed and that was a little crazy, but the last three years that I was teaching, I was in a job that allowed me a lot of creativity and flexibility. And it was very differently structured. I have more autonomy than I would have had in the regular classroom. So I just have to caveat that. That being said, I was still there at 7.30 in the morning and I didn't leave until 3.30, 4 o'clock. And then I have two kids and my husband, my husband does travel for work. 
just so you guys know. So I am solo parenting on a regular basis. It's, I think all those things are so important. I'm just so to know glad you shared that because, you know, we look at somebody else's life and we think it's just like, just like ours, or but there's so many dynamics. There's so many yeah. other dynamics with what does yeah. the husband do? How old are the kids? Yeah. They do extra, like there's, it's not like it's just right. work, come home. And they and- were young. Mine were younger. Yeah. So when I started six months and eight, and now they're 13 and five and a half. So it's different, but I will say for mindset wise, when I started, I wasn't necessarily like, I'm going to build a million dollar business. Like I didn't start out that way. I was just like, Hey, I want more money in my, my, my budget basically. And so I started pretty, pretty small, like with just, okay, these are my goals. Like, this is what I would like to have. But then I really fell in like love with it. I enjoyed it. I think it gave me more flexibility. I had more, I had more like time and ability to lean into the gifts and the things that I was good at. I wasn't able to always lean into that and teaching. So my mindset around that was um, when I really decided um, and became intentional around, okay, I would like to build this as a business was when things shifted for me, I will say. So before it was like, that phrase like side hustle comes up a lot. It was more of a side hustle, I would say for the, probably the first year or so. But when I actually, not that I didn't take it serious before, but when I really was like, okay, I'm going to intentionally like try to grow this. So, cause I was like, I don't want to teach anymore. I would rather not. That's when it shifted. So my mindset around that was, okay, I don't want to sacrifice my kids. I'm not able to do that. I'm not willing to sacrifice my own sanity and my own, my own self and my family. And so it became about, well, how much time can I do in a day? And how much am I willing to devote to this every day? So I was very intentional about the time that I put into it. That was very important. And I wasn't willing to sacrifice more than that time. And that was not always easy because I work with people. I'm not selling products passively. So I had to be really clear with people about what my actual availability was. And when people would ask, I was honest. So I only took on to what I was capable of handling at that time. And so as my business grew, that's when I would slowly start to ease myself out of teaching. So I really slowly moved myself out. I didn't just like take a hard break because I'm not a quick start person. I'm kind of risk averse. (laughs) So it was helpful to me to do it that way. So I will say just in short, you have to, if you're really serious about growing a business, it's about deciding that you're going to do that. Be intentional about it, get help. I had a lot of support. I was, I was investing in myself. I was not trying to do it on my own. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was not some superwoman. And then third, you have to just use the time that you have very wisely. Mm-hmm. Don't have to kill yourself working the jillion hours a week to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. So three things that you and I both probably notice in, especially other women entrepreneurs that you put in place. And two of those are boundaries and asking. Yep. Right. Like, so those are two things that I see women don't do very well. I was actually um, interviewing someone uh, earlier today and we were talking about something relatively similar. She's a mom, she's got kids, she has a husband, 
And she works with like massive um, firms and organizations and businesses. And we were on the topic of boundaries. And she said the same thing you said. And she goes, if a client just comes to me and like needs me right now, and it's not already in the schedule, I say no, because I'm not going to shortchange the time that I've already decided I'm going to spend with my kids at that block of time. I'm not going to switch it out just because the client wants to talk to me when they want to talk to me. Um, And so you're saying the same thing. And I think that just is so important to give even more airtime around making this decision on how is, how am I going to run my life first? Mm -hmm. What are my priorities in my life? And how does that fit into uh, the way that I'm going to work with my clients, the way I'm going to communicate with them, the boundaries that I'm going to set and then honoring it. And I think that's the place. Sometimes we do the deciding and we set the boundaries, but we're not honoring that. How have you been able to actually honor the boundaries you have in place? Gosh, it's so, (laughs) I have to be honest, I'm not perfect about this. For those of you that are familiar with the Enneagram, I'm a six on the Enneagram and we are notorious. I'm very notorious for wanting to people please. So I just want everyone to know it's not always easy for me to honor my own boundaries because I genuinely care about other people and I want them to be okay. That's so I'm always thinking about that. That being said, they're just, I just wasn't willing to set a standard. Like you teach people how to treat you sort of a thing. And I just wasn't willing to throw my kids under the bus for a client. Um, I will say that a lot of times, especially in the online world, people think that every little thing is an emergency that needs to be handled right now. And that's really not true. It's very rare that most of the things that are going on are real emergencies. So a lot of those things can wait. Mm-hmm. The exception to that would be a launch open cart. (laughs) Other than that, most of the time it's okay. We we need to be able to say, I'm sorry, like I can't, here's when I'm available. And so I just have to, had to really make peace with that myself first and foremost, like be okay with it and then talk myself down. If I got nervous about it, they're not mad at at me. And if there were the rare occasions that there were times where I had to, to step in and deal with things. Most of the time they just needed that reassurance and then it was fine. So I, I had to be okay. I had to do that internal work. That's where mindset work is really vital Mm -hmm. as a, as a business owner, you really cannot get away with not putting that on your daily to do's. Like Mm -hmm. you will absolutely fold Mm -hmm. internally if you don't. So it's really hard. And then just having people to support you, like, people in the space that are your like peers, Mm -hmm. coaches, um, masterminds, whatever you do, you need a space like that to go to, to have like some support and to kind of bounce these ideas off of, to make sure that you're on the right track with these Mm -hmm. boundaries and things like that. You need people to hold you accountable besides Mm -hmm. yourself. Cause Mm -hmm. you cannot, again, as I said earlier, I wouldn't be here if I didn't have any, all of that. I have never, ever not had a mastermind, a coach, my husband to support me, peers right there on Boxer, like whatever. I wouldn't be here without all those people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of women also have some women, not all women, but a lot of women kind of, you know, maybe based on the way we're designed or what our Enneagram mm-hmm. might be. I tend to be someone who's like, I've got to handle it all by myself. Not yeah. from a, I don't have a team perspective, but more on the emotional support. And yeah. I think that's one of the things that we need just as much as we need like 
hands and other people and team and husband and mentors and coaches. I think the part that sometimes as business owners, we forget because we're so, we're thinking about business so often is the emotional support. And oftentimes we're not paying even paying attention to that part of ourselves on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And then it pops up. I mean, I had this experience not too long ago and, um, just kind of like allowed myself to suffer in silence around it. Because then you, if you go too far, you get in your head and you're like, nobody else is dealing with this, but me, nobody else is feeling this way to me. And then you don't want to go tell anybody because you're like, what's everybody going to think about me? But then we're like, you know, again, then you feel emotionally depleted because you're Mm -hmm. not checking in with people who have your back, who are, who've been going through the same thing. I'm so glad that you shared that especially the part where you're like, I've got like on Boxer, my mastermind girls on speed dial. hundred percent. Sometimes it's probably more about, Hey, this is what I'm going through internally. Is somebody else yeah. going through this too? I mean, have you found that to be the case? Very. And I would, I would say that is where if you're not in a place where you have that, that is my number one homework for you to do. <laughs> if you're listening to this, you need to go find you don't have to spend. I, I did not start out spending thousands and thousands of dollars on support. I just want to make that clear. Like I started with smaller investments because that's what I could do. And then there are ways to find memberships and courses that have communities. There's lots of options for you to find people who are in a space like where you are. And also you're going to get some really great education out of it, but yes, you definitely need to have people who you can Voxer or who you can chat with in a Facebook group. If you feel comfortable doing that, because um, you will absolutely spend on if you mentally, you will just spin and it's just a part of the process. It's you have your really high days. And then you're, it's like the, that graphic where the entrepreneurial journey is like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like you go up the mountain, but the mountain journey is like this. Yes. And that's a hundred percent what it's like internally. And so you need people there for the peaks and the valleys and everything in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause otherwise you'll just spin out Yeah, and you won't go and you'll quit very quickly because it's it, the hard days are hard. Yeah. You want to quit. They certainly are. Uh, And that doesn't ever really stop. No, it doesn't. That's the other thing. Oh, when I make X amount of money, I'm going to know. They just change. Exactly. That graphic is you going up this mountain, but it's like you have those journeys the whole way. Like it doesn't ever stop. So you're not ever going (laughs) to run out of mindset issues and other things to deal with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So something else I'm like really interested in hearing you share, obviously, you know, starting a business when you have a job, right? Like, and I was a teacher as well. And I actually had two, I had two teaching jobs at the same time. I didn't have my own business, but I also taught for, um, your state probably had it as well. Almost every state has a virtual public school. Yeah. I taught face-to-face and I taught for North Carolina virtual public schools. Oh, that's a lot of work. And believe it or not, I won't like share actual numbers, but the salary I made in the teaching for North Carolina virtual public schools was double what I made teaching in just like the regular face-to-face classroom. It was crazy, crazy. That's how I was. One of the ways I was able to make more money when I was a teacher, but I was working like ridiculous. Oh, I believe that. Mm -hmm. Ridiculous. But I do remember back then, like, how was I able to do that? Just like you, it's like you have your teaching job. You probably had other duties as a teacher. I know I did. I mean, I, you know, I was in the high school, so I coached and I did all types of things, 
Then I had the second job at the same time and you still got everything done. I think like teachers are like fantastic at that. You know, like you have your schedule, you know, where you have to show up, you know, where you have to be, you know, when you have to be there and you know what you have to get done and get it done Mm -hmm. on time. And then, you know, again, like most of us started a business after we worked somewhere else where we had a boss and we, we had a lot of direction. And then, and, and, and I'm not even speaking about or speaking to people who are brand new in business. This happens when you've been in business for years yep. where you really do have to create your own um, guidelines. You've got to create your own structure. You've got to create your own <laughs> systems and processes because we are all, you and I both right now, we are sitting in our houses. We are yes. in our houses. Uh, my husband is in the kitchen. I don't know if your husband, but there are people, Georgia. there are voices, <laughs> there are barks. There are meows. There are cats mm-hmm. that crawl in front of the, you know, the zoo. I was going to say the dogs around here somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, so all those things happen. And, you know, it's interesting. Um, you and I both really love structure systems and being organized. And I think it's probably one of our strengths as well, naturally. Yeah. And we also are human and we get distracted as well. And kind of in this like coachy online space, there's so much conversation around, I just want ease and flow. I want freedom and flexibility. And you and I both probably at times use that word, right? Like I want freedom. You want freedom. I want flexibility. You do too. And um, there's almost like this misconception out there that having a tools to help you stay structured and organized is going to take away the freedom, the flexibility, and the flow. So I, again, all. like I'd love for you to talk about that because Again, when you were teaching and built the six-figure business, it's almost like it was like this built-in schedule and calendar, and you just had yes. to fit it in. But now you have to do it all on your own, and you're still thriving in your business. So talk about some of the tools you have in place, how you approach that. I'm sure it's not perfect, so feel free to share what doesn't work sometimes. Yeah, so I didn't leave my teaching job until May of last year, so to give everybody context on that. We actually built a house and moved. And that was just like the perfect exit for me. <laughs> so it worked out. But everything you said is true. It, it was very, it seems like counterintuitive. Oh my gosh, that would be so hard to do all of that while you were doing all those teaching things. But it actually was very regimented and routine. And so it was very predictable. And honestly, in that way, a little easier for me. So when you leave and you're, your own. I don't have and at right now anybody that works with me here. It's just me. Everybody else leaves, you know. And so it's it's up to me to determine the structure of my schedule, my everything. I do have an agency model meaning I do have people that work with me, but it's up to me to really do my thing, right? And that was a huge I have to say that was a hard transition for me coming from a very structured and regimented situation to not having that, that was hard. So I have to say, number one, um, I, I, I need external accountability. So I do have an assistant that I kind of ask her to hold me accountable and help me with my schedule because I, but if you don't have that, it's okay. But I personally need external accountability (laughs) because I will, as you had said, like, try to do everything myself, not delegate. I'll be the roadblock 
to myself and that's not healthy. We don't need that. So, but I will say if you're newer, if you don't have a team, like use as much automations and tools as you can in your business. That has helped me tremendously finding different, and there's so many options, like different tools that can help you to kind of automate some of the things that go on especially if you work with clients like I do, we work with people one-to-one. So sending them emails, sending them contracts, just little things like that can help save you time in your day. Um, Know when you're ready to ask for help, when to delegate out. There's going to come a point where if you're at 80% capacity, it's probably time to get help. Like you cannot take on anymore. When when you're no longer able to take on anything else or you have to book out months in advance, an option to alleviate that pressure is to get help, get support. Um, and then there's just other things. Like I'm a big believer in creating SOPs, which are standard operating procedures, because if you do that now, then you're going to be able to bring on other people and they can come right in and take over. And you don't have to take t- the time to train them as hard when you're already overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So if you take some time to really create processes for yourself. Um, Hold yourself to a schedule. Try different things. Like I have tried different things. Some have worked and some didn't help me as much. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's about knowing yourself and knowing what is going to work for you. What works for me is not necessarily going to be appropriate for you. So me knowing I'm not good at internal accountability was really key (laughs) because that means that I know I can't 100% rely on myself to do it. I need to have somebody checking on me Yeah, to make sure I don't F things up. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Did you ever have like the feeling or the thought that, um, or even like shame around that? Like I can't keep my, well, you, cause I hear that a lot, Carrie, I hear it so much where people are like, I should just be able to figure this out on my own. Or uh, what are people going to think about me if, and then they don't want to reveal it, but then it, then they don't go get the help that could literally catapult them. So have you ever had shame around that? Lots of shame. Um, I have had to let a lot of that go just because I couldn't in a lot of ways, especially when I was teaching, I could not do it by myself. I just physically could not do it. And I felt a lot of guilt and shame around that, that I, I felt a ton. I still deal with the guilt and shame around having managing the energy when my family's home and I still need to work. There's a lot of momming guilt happening around that because, well, you aren't teaching anymore. Why the heck can't you just like what that doesn't how that works. Your business still grows and there's seasons where you're busier and seasons where you're not. And so, but there's just a lot of shame and guilt around that too. So that's a normal thing. That's something that will not for me, because I'm an I'm an obliger type person. I like to keep people happy. I want my ideal situation is a peaceful energy around me in my business and in my home. So it's going to be natural for me to want to like step in and do it myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, to be honest, as a business owner, there's times where you just do it and you think, "Well, I can do it faster. I can do it faster. I, it, I don't want it, but that's not healthy, and that's not going to allow you to grow." You will never be able to grow your business or scale, or even just like grow as a person if you can't be okay with releasing something. Mm-hmm. 
to someone else to help you because you'll be able to expand just getting over that hump of the fear of it is the hardest part. But yeah, the shame, shame is real. I think it's a female might be a mother thing, might be a woman thing where we just feel like we have to be like wonder woman and take it on. Yeah. But the most successful people know when to delegate, know when to lean into their strengths and let people in their zone of genius come in and help them in that area. That's when you're really leaning into your leadership at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you help your clients with launching and man launching, like you are in a season when you are in like a launch and I'm interested to hear how you navigate that in your own life. You know, you're supporting people in their launches. It's probably a little bit busier. You may even have clients that are a bit more frazzled. We all know things break all the time Mm -hmm. in a launch and a lot of unexpected things happen. And that client is going to like call on you and it, it could be like all hours of the day. Um, how do you navigate in your own life and then help your clients navigate those seasons where it is a little busier? It is a little crazier. It is a little more unexpected. You might be putting in more hours. I mean, again, there are other people involved here. Um, mm-hmm. We have husbands, we have children and they are feeling the effect of that as well. How do you navigate those seasons in your business and with your clients? Well, first of all, I will say that we um, have a very specific viewpoint around launching and that we don't believe that you it has to be a spiky kind of out of normal, crazy like event in your business. And the way that we teach and support clients is helping them to create a flow where it doesn't feel like that. So it's, we help our clients sort of prepare strategic plans and putting things together so that it naturally just becomes a part of your business plans. It's not this harried frazzle thing, but when you're going through it and it feels that way, and even when you do have a flow, it's only natural to experience what we call launch emotions, (laughs) which are very normal. Um, even when you have a good plan and you have lots of help and support, that's very, very normal. And so one of the things we talk about, I have, first of all, I have a team of people that help us. So we have a like all hands on deck approach. You know, we're very honest with clients that during the open cart period, yes, you can reach out, but no, you don't need to worry about it because it'll be taken care of. Like mm-hmm. you never need to worry, but we do a lot of work with people around mindset and affirmations and what to expect and how to combat that and what actions they should be taking like day to day during the, especially during the open cart period, if you're doing a live launch, for example, because there's a lot of feelings that come up that are tied to Mm. your offer (laughs) and your launch results. Yep. Lots of the results. Um, And even if you do all the right things, those those things are going to come up. I can predict to the day, like how people are going to behave because I've just seen it so many times. So we do a lot of coaching and supporting and working. And that being said, my family and stuff, we all sort of share the load on that and in my business. So it's not down to one person to be the one that only responds to the clients. So it's the whole load of those emergent questions that come up sometimes it doesn't all fall on me. Yeah. Um, and that's because I've taken the time to get the help. So we all share the load. We all take turns. We all have our roles and responsibilities and we all help and step in when if somebody can't be there, somebody else will be able to step in. And so that's 
really important when you're working in a, a role in a business where you do support people through times like this. Not every business has those experiences, but ours does on occasion with launches. So I think having a kind of team approach and supporting people really helps. And I have a lot of help. So if I know that we're going to have an open cart, we just do our best to try to not schedule it when I'm going to be on vacation, for example. (laughs) We do our best to try to make sure that, you know, and if for whatever reason that does happen, my team is wonderful, but that's how we handle it. We really try to teach the clients about how to change that mindset of launching does not have to be like this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I uh, really enjoyed hearing your response because in this space that we're in personal development, business growth, coaching, consulting, mentoring, you know, we kind of see these two very polar opposite camps of, of what's most important to grow a business successfully. And one camp is it's mindset only. Everything's mindset, just mindset. You just have to believe, you just have to trust and everything is going to happen and all the money and all the clients, yada, yada are going to come. And then we have another camp that is all about the structure, all about the systems, all about the processes. And it's not that they don't believe in mindset. It's just, that's what they teach. Mm -hmm. And Based on your response, and it's it's what I believe in as well, I'm interested in hearing your philosophy. Based on your response, it's a both and, mm-hmm. right? So if the only thing you did was talk to your clients about mindset, but then for a launch, there was no pre-planning, there was no structure, there was no plan, I don't know that it would go off without a hitch. Ver- no. and, and then vice versa. If you're not talking to your clients about the mindset, like you, you had touched on a lot of those points and you have all the structure and the systems and the plan and the prep in place, it's not going to go the way you want it to go either. What's your philosophy about the mindset and the structure systems, planning, preparation, strategy, process? They're all important. They're all important for different reasons. I don't believe that one, like I have, when I first was newer into launching, I didn't quite you know, I didn't know like the mindset stuff that comes up. You figure that out as you go in, but I, I will tell you that it just, the clients need to know that they're going to be okay. Like they're so focused sometimes, not all on those results and they start to panic and they're going to spin. And that's what we do in business all the time. So if you don't have a basic understanding of what that is and why it's happening. You're as the, as my job as a launch manager, we're going to be frustrated with the client because they're like, why are they bothering us? Freaking out? Like blah, blah, blah. Don't they know? Don't they trust us? You're going to start to question yourself. Um, Whereas if I only focused on the system and ignored that, that would be how I would feel on the flip side of that. As you said, like, I've seen people launch with nothing or no plan and it made them feel worse. It causes them more stress. It causes them more mindset issues because they're either picking a goal completely out of their butt. They don't have any real basis for the goal. They are just throwing stuff together. They're thinking they can launch in three weeks, like all these things that are like wild And when you don't take the time to kind of slow down and prepare and do the legwork and the right things, it's going to cause you more mindset issues. So they actually kind of need to work together because otherwise it's going to be too, 
they're going to cause you problems on one end or the other. So and it ends up causing you more issues in your mindset regardless. So when you have that kind of balanced approach and you value them both for what they are, it actually makes it easier for you in the long run. Um, the longer you do it, the more experience you have, the quicker you can recognize that behavior and the mindset, and then you can start to talk yourself down. It will still show up. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but yeah. it will be easier for you. It's almost as you mature as a person, you'll mature in your business life as well and be able yeah. to handle it easier. Yeah. Yeah. And I've noticed too, sometimes clients, if we just tell these things to the clients, they don't necessarily, they don't get it until like what you said, they go through it and they experience and it's like, Oh, I do see the importance of this or this one over there. It sounds like the mindset complements the structure and the plan and the structure and the plan complements the mindset that they have elevated. And they will forget. It's like having a baby, you forget the pain of it. Mm -hmm. And then when you go back to it, you're like, Oh, here I am again, you know, it's kind of like that. You'll forget it a little bit. Um, and then you'll get back into it. Remember, but you'll have, it'll be a little easier the next time, the next time you'll be more comfortable. So you'll be able to handle it a little better. Yes. I love it. This is such an amazing conversation. We could, we could keep going on and on about launching (laughs) mindset and structure. I could go on for that for a while, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And and how we balance it as women, as wives, as, as moms. Uh, but we'll, we'll have to have a round two to do that. Carrie, is there a way that we can find you? Do you want to share social media, your website? Um, take it away. Yes. So if you are interested in just learning about our business and seeing what we do and what we offer, our website is virtualsimplicity.co. Sadly, .com was not available. So .co, no M. Um, but I am on Instagram and LinkedIn. So Instagram is just virtual simplicity. And then LinkedIn, you can just search Carrie Flynn or virtual simplicity and it shows up in the search bar. Perfect. And I'm pretty active on both places. Perfect. And all those links are below in the show notes. So you can click on that. If you are someone who is launching and you are like, I don't want to do this by myself anymore, you definitely can benefit from a launch manager. So go look up Carrie talk to her and her team and they can support you. Carrie, this has been fabulous. Thank you so much for sharing about your story, your journey, and giving us a little insight into what it looks like to uh, be you and run your business and, and, and be with your family and work with your clients. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. I had the best time talking to you. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.